If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Support for today's show comes from Prep Dish, a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. You guys know I'm not the best cook in the Ivy House, but when mama needs to step up to the plate, I love having my Prep Dish meal plan. What's going to happen with Prep Dish is you receive a grocery list with prep ahead instructions, so no more thinking about what's for dinner. Prep Dish does all the planning for you. Sign up and you'll receive the email that I told you about with the grocery list and the prep ahead instructions. All the guesswork is taken out, you guys. Now, Allison, the founder of Prep Dish, she's offering you a month-long trial for $4. Yes, that is right. You get to try this out for only a dollar per week. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour to get your first month of Prep Dish for only $4. Happy Wednesday, you guys. I don't even know how we are to the middle of November. Does this happen every month? You wake up and go, oh my gosh, we're halfway through. Next week is Thanksgiving. But before we get to Thanksgiving, let's stay today on November 14th. You're listening to episode number 219. And today my guest is Blythe Hill. Blythe is the founder of Dress Simber, an international campaign to aid the fight against sex trafficking. We discuss why Blythe put on a dress for 31 days and how that first-time fundraiser led to her launching a nonprofit. Every year, thousands of advocates around the world take on the creative challenge of wearing a dress or a tie during the 31 days of December. The dress or tie serves as the conversation starter to educate their community about modern slavery. You're going to love my conversation with her today, and you're going to be blown away at how much money she raises every single December for phenomenal organizations. I really hope that some of you are going to jump on board with this. You guys, before we get to the show, I want to ask a favor. Can I ask you a favor? You know, the holidays are coming up. We've got Thanksgiving next week, and then we just blink twice, and then Christmas is here, and then New Year's. And what we see all the time at New Year's is that there are a surge of people who try out listening to podcasts for the first time. Now, you're already a podcast listener because you're here right now. And I hear people tell me all the time, oh my gosh, my friend Amanda told me about the show, or I was talking to my friend Tasha, and she loved the show. So we would love for your friends to join us over here at the happy hour. One way that you can help other people find us at the show is to leave a review on iTunes. You might not even be listening to us on iTunes, but it really does help to get reviews over on iTunes. So would you leave a review? We'll take five stars if you're interested. It would mean so much to us, and it really does help more people find the happy hour. Thanks ahead of time for your kind words that you're going to leave. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Blythe Hill. Blythe, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks. Happy to be here. Happy to have you at a happy hour. Happy, happy. (laughs) You're actually having a real happy hour today. You're hosting Um, a happy hour. Yes, we're hosting a sort of cocktail party for supporters in Austin. I want to go to a cocktail party. You're welcome to come tonight. (laughs) I hear you have some things going on. I have a few things going on, but that would be awesome. Uh, Okay, introduce yourself to our listeners so they know who you are. Yeah, my name is Blythe Hill, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Dress Ember Foundation. The Dress Ember Foundation. We're going to go into this because how, when did you found this? When did you begin this? (laughs) Let's go there. Um, I started Dress Ember in 2009 as a style challenge. Okay. Just a fun personal style challenge, no campaign element at all. And then it grew. And so I decided to go out on a limb and, and turn it into a campaign in 2013 And it did so much better than I ever could have imagined. And so I applied for a 501c3 certification in 2014 and got that nine months later. Okay. Let's go way back to the very beginning because you're going to tell us what Dress Ember is. I know what it is. It's right around the corner for you again. What is this, your ninth year without the campaign and everything? Yeah. Yeah. This will be my ninth year of wearing dresses in December, a dress every day during the month of December. Yeah. How many dresses do you own? 
Oh my gosh. A lot. A lot. Okay. Like probably I would be embarrassed. Do you normally wear dresses? I wear dresses a lot. Okay. I love dresses. Okay. It's like, oh, a whole outfit in one One. piece. (laughs) I don't wear, and I have several, I don't wear enough dresses. I don't know why. In the summer I do, which comes in the challenge for dress simber. Uh, Okay. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but go back you told me that this kind of started when your eyes started opening up to sex trafficking. Um, and if people have been listening to my show for a while, they know that it's something that I have done volunteer work with an organization here in Austin. It led me to volunteer at our jail that I volunteer at. And so it's important. I read a book. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what opened your eyes. I can't wait to hear me. It was a book girls like us by Rachel Lloyd. And my mind was blown. Mm. I mean, I would, I remember I was in the van with my husband. Maybe we were on a trip with the band or whatever. And I would read a chapter. I would close the book and cry. Like mm-hmm. I just, I had never, it was eye-opening for me with sex trafficking. Tell me your story. Yeah. So the first time I heard about human trafficking, I was in college. I, I think I was about 19 and I read a news story out of India and it was about sex trafficking in India and the red light districts of India and referenced other countries as well. And just that this market, this industry of commercial sex tourism was happening and thriving. And I could not believe it. I thought slavery was a thing of the past. Couldn't believe that it is not only still happening, but it is, it's the second largest criminal industry and it's the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. What's the first drugs? Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So I was horrified and I felt this sense of personal urgency that I had never felt before mm. about anything. It was very like, like someone, someone has to do something about this. I have to do something about this like immediately. Like yeah. we need to, people, we need to talk about this yeah. more. It's really crazy when you look back and if you're listening and you have never had that moment where you realize human trafficking, sex trafficking still exists, slavery, uh, this might be your moment. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. might be your moment for you. But it is in that moment you go, what just happened? I was here in Austin and a girlfriend who ran an organization took probably about seven or eight of us around town and showed us brothels. Mm. And I got out of the car and I looked at her and I said, Callie, I wish I would have never come on this ride because I know this now. Mm -hmm. And I can't just leave that information in the car, you know? And so it's hard. It's really hard. So fill in the blanks from 19 India article to dress simper. Yeah. Well, so I felt this intense, immediate passion to do something and almost immediately a sense of powerlessness because I started to investigate like, okay, what are the ways that people are getting involved in this issue? And it was like, okay, I could, um, I could become a social worker, a lawyer, a cop, a psychologist. There were some very like clearly defined pathways. And I was like, well, on the, on the plus side, I'm in college and could reroute my whole life in that direction. But on the downside, I am not wired in any of those ways. Um, I prayed for a long time. I was like, should I, should I reroute my career? Like, is this, you know, the level of passion I feel about this, does that justify kind of steering away how I thought I was naturally wired I mean, I know people that like move, move across the world and and it's like, okay, that can't be comfortable. And there are sacrifices that you have to make. And I was like, maybe this is my sacrifice to just ignore how I'm naturally wired or, or write those off as superficial things and and, try a different route. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just never felt peace about that. I just was like, I can't. (laughs) And I, I felt a little guilty about it sometimes. Like I can't, I can't do it. I, I don't feel called to, get a social work degree and move to India. And so for years, I just felt this awful tension of like high passion and high powerlessness and just was like, okay, I guess, I guess there's nothing I can do about this. At this point, were you aware of the um, level that slavery and sex trafficking and human trafficking existed in the United States or was it still an international thing for you? Because I know that's a big deal. Is For me, I always thought this is India, this yeah. is Thailand. Like, have you had you become aware of it then? Not at that point. So that was probably 2005-ish. Mm-hmm. And most of the media attention around trafficking was like, yeah, look what's happening in Cambodia right. and Thailand and India. And 
it wasn't until I don't I don't know if I can pinpoint the exact time when I started learning that yeah. oh this is happening mm-hmm. in every city in the world it's happening um, across the U.S. and and not just in developing countries it just looks very very different right. in different parts of the world yeah yeah so then what yeah so at that time I was like oh this is something I'll have to move across the world to be <laughs> to be a part of and yeah, it was really frustrating. I just kept looking for a way in and couldn't find one. And then totally separately, Dressember was something that I created um, honestly out of boredom. Yeah. <laughs> I was in I was in college and um, I studied English. So I was just like reading a ton and writing a ton, but I didn't have time for like a creative outlet. And I'm someone who like, I like crafts. I like like making stuff with my hands. And I just didn't have time for any of that. And so I thought, okay, well, I have to get dressed every day. So maybe that is a way to infuse creativity into my day right. and like spice up life a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and so I decided to try wearing only dresses for a month. And I was sort of curious, like, I wonder if anyone will notice that I'm doing this. Doesn't really matter. Like it's more for me being And it creative. wasn't December. This was a December thing or? Yeah. So I had the idea in November, okay. 2009. And I was like, okay, the next full month is December. I'm pretty sure like the first or second time I said it out loud, I was like, I'm going to wear only dresses in December. Uh-huh. And I love puns. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh, December, like what a great name. I love it. Yeah. And so then I did it and it was never going to be something that I did every year. Um, it was just like something I did on a whim for fun. But then the next year, some of my girlfriends wanted to do it. And I totally thought like, okay, they're probably bored as well. <laughs> right. Um, you're like nice friends. Yeah. And... Or just humoring yeah, me, uh-huh. right? Like whatever. Um, I have good friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but then the next year, some of their friends wanted to join in who didn't know me. And I... I joke that I have a lot of bad ideas that or like, I just love ideas for the sake of ideas. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of them never go anywhere. And so I noticed like, oh, this one is going like right. beyond my immediate circle. And so that's when I started dreaming about adding a heart to it and a cause and that layer. And it was really an easy choice for me to align it with human trafficking. And so I just started researching organizations um, like, okay, who is fighting this issue and how are they doing it? And I think I posted on Facebook like several times, just sort of like a call for like, hey, what organizations do you guys know about that you respect? And yeah, just asked a bunch of people like point me and and got a number of different recommendations and kind of kept getting pointed to International Justice Mission. And I took like over a year to make the decision to partner with them. Just, I don't do anything quickly. Yeah. I guess I err, uh-huh. I err on the cautious side. And so I really wanted to pray about it and also to feel really good about partnering with them and kind of watch them for a while and just really was in awe of what they were doing yeah. and, and how they're doing yeah. it. And, and that remains true. Like they are one of our, I mean, they're our flagship partner. Yeah. And so they're just fantastic. It's almost like you had this weird foreknowledge of knowing when you said you took a long time to decide on partnering with IJM, it's almost like you had this weird knowledge that this was going to be bigger than it was, you know, because you just started this out on a whim. And then all of a sudden, because I know the number that you've raised, you'll tell us in a minute, you've raised a lot of money. I mean, you've raised a lot of money. And so it's like, I don't know. I feel, I find it super interesting that you took that much intentionality to figure out who you're going to partner with, um, having no idea what it would turn into. Yeah. I think if I'm totally brutally honest, I was also just scared. I was like, oh, this is like, like this probably won't work. I'll just like, I could look really silly doing that. I mean, I remember, so I reached out to IJM in 2013, probably like August or maybe even November. No, I think August. I reached out to them, told them my idea, kind of expected them to be like, Awesome. That's, that's cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. We'll gladly accept any money you want to raise for us. So yeah. like we can't align or like officially align with you or promote you. And so when they came back in November and said like, Hey, we've talked about it internally. We love this. We want to help promote it. I was floored. And I was still very like skeptical. I was like, is this going to work? Like we are just getting dressed. At this We're point, not- is it just you? Um, yeah. Yeah. You're just running the show. Yeah. And, and is it mainly like social media type thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram, Instagram is kind of our main channel, mm-hmm. but yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Um, this gives hope though to anyone that's out there that's thinking, I had this idea. I feel dumb about it. Will this ever work? Will anyone like it? You felt those things. Oh yeah. You just got to go for it. And I think, I think you have to let it go to, well, here's what I, what I decided. I was like, okay, if I can help even one person, it is worth looking like a fool to a thousand people. And actually- That's a big deal to be able to say that. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to get there, I think. And I think honestly, a lot of magic happens in the space where we are willing to look silly, mm. um, where we're willing to kind of like set our pride aside and just like, oh, like, okay, I'm going out on a limb here. Um, this is new territory. I don't feel qualified to do this, um, but I'm passionate about it and we'll see. <laughs> it's just such a scary place to be, but you're right. I, I would imagine a lot of people who have done big things or created things or made an impact or whatever, they have that moment of, okay, we're either just going to go or we're going to give up everything. Like, you know, like you just got to jump in. Totally. Okay. So you're jumping in. Yeah. You get the email back from IJM. They say, yes, they want to partner with you. That's in November. Dress December is around the corner. Yeah. So I just like, probably, I think literally like fell on the floor when I got that email. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to help promote it. That's amazing. Cause at that time, I mean, their audience is even bigger now, but it was like 200,000 people internationally who are plugged into this issue. Mm -hmm. And so I had never tracked like how many people were participating. I had no idea, um, how many people would, would join in. And I set up a fundraising page and didn't even think about like, literally I'm like setting up a page and it had never occurred to me that I would have to put in a goal for the campaign. Okay, so yeah. I'm like setting it up and this like field comes up like what's okay, the Okay, well, let's stop right here though because someone might be confused. How are you raising money through this? Because, okay, you told us you're partnered with IJM. I know how, but how are you raising money? Like what, how do you bring money in just by wearing dresses? Yeah. So it is um, peer-to-peer fundraising where you just like commit to wearing, you commit to wear a dress every day for the month of December. You set a goal for how much you want to personally try to raise. And then you tell everyone in your life, this is what I'm doing. And this is why I care about this issue. And if you want to help me hit my goal, here's my, the link to my page. And then people often donate because they care about you and what you're passionate about, or they also care about ending human trafficking or ideally both. So before you had IJM, did you do a fundraising? You just didn't have an organization or when you partnered with IJM, that was your first time to fundraise? That was the first time to fundraise. Okay. So you do this, you do it, your friends do it, your friends and their friends do it. And then you go, how about we do a cause? Okay. I'm in. I hear I'm with yeah. I'm tracking. So I was really skeptical. I was like, we're not running a marathon. We're, <laughs> you know, we're not biking across the country. We are just getting dressed. I don't know if this is going to work, but then I sat down and created the campaign page and said a quick prayer and was like, okay, I feel like $25,000 is an ambitious amount to go for. Like, it is. Yeah. First yeah. year. Yeah. I was In like, one month? I have no idea if we can do this, but like, you know, let's go for it. Let's aim high. Yeah. Um, Shoot for the stars here. <laughs> yeah. And again, it felt really like, just felt really bold and really like, okay, who am I to think that this could happen? But let you know, let's try. Um, and then we hit $25,000 on day three. Oh my word. And we ended up, so 1,200 people registered. That means 1,200 people wearing dresses, asking people for money. mm -hmm, Across the world. Okay. And we raised over $165,000. Oh my gosh. I just got chills (laughs) in one month. Were you dying? What were you doing? It was wild. It was, I, I don't, I can't totally explain it. It was just like, it was very like, oh my gosh. Like it just felt like, oh, God is like smiling on this, huh. like just over and over. Like I just felt like his hand yeah. on it and his blessing over it. They're like, oh, God cares about this too. Mm. And he's just like pouring in an abundance of people and resources. And I really needed to expand my vision mm. for it. Like I felt like in my willingness to look silly, God was like, just reaffirming that and was like, yep, here you go. <laughs> like, and look how much more I did. Open the like floodgates. You are like $25,000 just reaching for the stars. And God's like, I got, I, I'm going to show you. I'm just going to knock your socks off. Yeah. Wow. So that whole month, you're just losing your mind, I'm sure. Like yeah. what's even happening? 100%. December 31st comes around and then what? So then I was like, okay, I have some thinking to do. <laughs> I need yeah. to figure out like 
this is way bigger than I, than I imagined it. And at that point, I kind of decided, okay, I can either, there's two things I can do. I can either um, approach IJM and, and see if they'll hire me yeah. and I'll bring Dress Ember with me and, and be safe under their umbrella uh-huh. and their structure. Or I can go the scarier path of create um, your own, create my own organization and build the structure, build the plane as I'm flying it with no nonprofit background <laughs> whatsoever. And that and was- Let me guess, you chose the, the latter scary one? I really didn't want to for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really wanted that first option to work. And there were just a few, it was mostly timing, but there were a few things where it was just like, I kind of took a few steps down both pathways and and spoke to a couple of people at IJM and they were very kind about it, but they're like, you know, at this point, like IJM was not a particularly creative, you know, they're a yeah. legal powerhouse, uh-huh. but they, like they December law, lawyers, yes. would be a bit of a redheaded stepchild yeah. and maybe kind of not have quite a, you know, have a place there. And so it just was like more and more confirmation that like, okay, I have to take this scary path. I have to kind of blaze a new trail. And um, so I just learned to reach out to other people who knew how to do things, people who had, who had done this before, found a lawyer to file the paperwork, got 501c3 within nine months. And yeah, started, you know, hired an accountant before I hired myself. Uh-huh. Um, it was a couple of years before I was able to come on part-time. Yeah. So it was, it was a side hustle and a labor of love for a long time. I mean, yeah. it still is, but. Yeah. And what year was that first year you partnered with IJM? 2013. Okay. So 2013, here we are, 2018. So five years later. Yeah. So this will be our sixth campaign. Your sixth campaign. Yeah. But five years later, I always have to use my fingers. (laughs) If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. 
If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Do that. Okay, so I want to talk more about like the campaign and what that looks like and how people can get involved. But also, I want to hear you talk about leading an organization, how that has been. I mean, you literally jumped in to leading an organization with someone who you you just said yourself had no experience leading a nonprofit. I'm going to assume it hasn't always been easy. Yeah, it's been rocky. Like I have really felt called and compelled to this work and I feel this like adventurous invitation to to grow in the ways that I need to grow and I've seen a lot of growth over the last years, but I know I have more growing to do. Um and I want to be a leader who's always growing as well. I think that when I think about some of the best bosses I've had and some of the best leaders that I look up to, they have a spirit of a student. Mm. So that's a priority for me. But yeah, it has been hard at times. I think like in early, in the first year or two, there was, I mean, I, I think there's still criticism that pops up, but I don't notice it as much or I have more barriers to kind of protect me from seeing it. But people who just- Yeah, what did that look like at the beginning? At the beginning, it was How like- How do you criticize someone raising money to alleviate human trafficking? You know, it's just so true that people like, anytime someone is doing something good, people want to squash it for whatever reason. But people would just be like, this is stupid or like, this is a vanity campaign. That was a big one. Oh, um, your heart. Like, <laughs> the, oh, I'm, I'm, I have grown so much in handling criticism myself, but I can see how hearing your story about what you put into this and how you stepped out leap of faith and how you're doing this. And then to hear that it had to be just this, almost this blow of, you don't even know like what I'm doing here. How, mm-hmm. how did you internally handle that kind of conflict when your heart was pure and your goal was to raise money and not just show off your dresses? Yeah, it was not easy. It, it really... I had to learn the discipline of, I guess, just keep coming. I had to keep coming back to the like helping Mm -hmm. one person is more important and more valuable than these thousand voices. And it wasn't even a thousand voices, you know, it's like, there could be a thousand. Yeah. yeah, It's like, there's a thousand fans and then one troll. And and that's all you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I had to, I had to kind of keep prioritizing that value system and reinforcing that value system. And also, um, I just learned to stop looking, Yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure you had to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you had to, at one point, just like be able to stand tall on what you knew that God was calling you to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, like at the end of the day, even if there is this, you know, one, two, three, four, five people saying this, there does, you do develop a confidence and I feel really secure in where God has me. I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but it seems like that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I definitely feel called to this. And I, um, at different points of the journey, I felt like, um, the, the amount, the, the level of like suffering that I've felt at different moments, um, has really, helped me identify with Christ and his suffering. Um, There was actually something painful that happened like right around Easter a couple years ago. And it was like a really, really painful experience, but it, the timing of it was so, um, it was so incredible. Like, I feel like God used the fact Mm -hmm. that it happened around Easter to really, um, I just felt so drawn to him and so connected in a way that I'd never felt during yeah. Easter because Easter can be so like seeker friendly uh-huh. and it can yeah. be a little more like, um, I don't want to say surface level, but you know, it's just a lot of Easter services yeah. can be more like, I love a good Friday service. Yeah, right. but- <laughs> like, let me, let me like relate to the suffering. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. You know, I, a couple of years ago, Melissa Russell, who is a VP at IJM. Love her. Love her as well. She's been on the happy hour. She's uh, from here, right? Yeah. She's from Austin. Yeah. Um, she gave a talk at a noonday shine conference. I mean, this was 
years ago. And you know how there's things that people say that you just never forget. I've probably mentioned this before on the show. I'll never forget what she said because she was talking with the women who are Noonday ambassadors, you know, about their business matters and their jobs matter. And I see you wearing a Noonday necklace. It's beautiful. Love you know, Noonday. Yes. Yeah. So she's talking with them and encouraging them like what you do matters. And she told a story. And at this point, I don't know if this is still Melissa's job, but she was doing a lot of fundraising and not fundraising like where I'm asking my friend for like $25, but fundraising where you're asking for thousands upon thousands of dollars, right? And so she said that she would have these conversations with herself. And the reason I'm telling you this, because you keep saying something that I think is so beautiful when you're like the one person mattered Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. the thousand. And she would say, she would be about to go into these meetings where she's going to ask for a lot of money. And she would play out in her mind, having to look at the the woman, the child, whoever Mm -hmm. IJM was working with, wherever, Cambodia, Guatemala, wherever. And she imagined looking at them and saying, I'm sorry I didn't ask for the money. I was just really nervous. Mm. Like you get it, right? Like you understand. I was scared. I was nervous. I'm really sorry. And she said she plays that out, talking to that victim. And then she realizes that she does have the courage to go in. And it's like what you're saying about you valued saving the, if it saved one and I had to look silly or foolish in front of a thousand. I just think that's really moving for anyone listening, whatever they might be trying to, you know, endure Mm. or go through. So I love that that's what you kept standing on. Yeah. Well, I love, I love that story as well. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, I'll never forget Melissa sharing that. that. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. So the first year you just rate, you blow it out of the water. Since then what's happened? Yeah. So since then it's just snowballed. So the second year we raised 465,000. Wait, time out. The first year you raised 65, Four. 165. 165. Sorry. Oh my gosh. I forgot the one. 165. Your goal was 25. Right. The next year. 465,000. Okay. So also tell me this. How many people are participating when you're raising that more, more money? Yeah. It, okay. So 1,200 the first year and then 2,500 okay. the second year. So we're doubling. Yeah. And then 4,500 the third year and we raised 925,000. And then five or 6,000 the next year. And we raised 1.5 million in one month. And last year was about 8,000, 7,000, seven or 8,000. Shoot. I can't remember. Um, and we raised over 2 million. Over two million for your little vanity dress project. Uh-huh. See who's laughing now? Okay, for let's just say that silly dress yes, challenge. Let's just let, we can yeah. say that now. Wow, what's your goal for this year? So this year's goal is three million, oh, which it always feels so nerve wracking. Like last year, two million was like, oh my gosh, who who am I? Like who is was that who your do goal? I think what I was your am? Goal last say, year? Yeah, it was two million, and you raised and we raised just shy of two point one. Okay. Um, and so every year it's like, how could this possibly get any bigger? Or like, maybe, you know, are people tired of this? Is this, is it going to fizzle out? Is uh-huh. this an ice bucket challenge? Right. Like, is it going to yeah. just, uh-huh. and it just keeps getting bigger and it's crazy. Like I, I tell people like, oh, this is not my baby anymore. Like this is a, this is like a preteen, you know, off like doing her own thing. And okay. So I do have to ask this question because people might be wondering, dress number happens once a year. What is your organization doing the other 11 months of the year? Yeah. So the campaign runs from October 1st until January 31st. So we open registration October 1st so people can sign up. They can form a team. They can start strategizing. People already start fundraising October and November. And then December is the month of the challenge. Um, We've actually had more and more men join in. What does that mean? Are they wearing dresses? Well, I do see an occasional brave man putting uh-huh. on a dress. We'll call um, it a kilt. Yeah, I've seen the kilt yeah. as well. But more common, we see um, ties, bow ties and regular ties. Okay. And then we keep the campaign open through January because mm-hmm. January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So that is four months of the year. And then... It, wouldn't January be a good giving month too? Because people now have their new, I mean, for businesses and stuff, they have their new, their new Yeah, year. we make it easy no matter uh-huh. which fiscal yeah, year you're trying you want to You're trying it. to get rid of that money at the end or if you want to start off right, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And then we, last year we had our first off-season event. We had a 5K walk run and it was like a, one of our hashtags is you can do anything in a dress where I people post it. like snowboarding in a dress uh-huh. or like horseback riding in a dress. And so this was a, you can do anything in a dress. Yeah or tie 5k. Where was that? In Los Angeles. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we're doing that again this April. Okay. Very cool. 
Okay, you guys, I know you're loving this show with Blythe, but I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Support for today's show comes from Grove. Grove is an e-commerce company that makes it easy to discover the best natural products to take care of your home and family. And here's my favorite part, guys. They make sure you never run out of your favorites. So with their own safe, effective, and affordable Grove flagship products, as well as amazing brands that you probably already know of, like Mrs. Myers, Method, 7th Generation, Tom's, and Real Simple, Grove curates premium quality products that are natural, beautiful, and sustainable. Then they deliver everything right to your door when you want it. Better yet, you guys, they offer free shipping and free returns, no questions asked. And their Grove guides are always available to answer your questions or add items to your next order if you run out. I have used them plenty of times. You guys, I love their packaging. It's very simple. I love the smell of their products. My favorite thing, though, hands down, is the convenience. I love in a busy season of life that I can make sure that I'm going to have safe, effective, affordable products delivered straight to my door right when I need them. Sign up for Grove Collaborative at grove.co, that's C-O, slash happy hour, and you're going to receive a $30 Mrs. Myers gift set for free when you order $20 or more. You guys, you can't beat that free product right there. That's grove.co. It's not grove.com, so grove.co slash happy hour. Guys, I also want to thank FabFitFun for sponsoring the show today. Are you a person who loves discovering new products? Are you always on the hunt for the next best thing? Then I'm telling you, you've got to try FabFitFun. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with, get this, full-size products. There's no sample products in here, you guys. They are full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products that are delivered to you four times a year for just $49.99 a box. It's like a gift that comes to your house four times a year and you love everything in it. It's great for discovering new brands and products that you can actually use because like I said, everything is full-size. You are not paying for sample products. FabFitFun is a fantastic value. Many products, individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. FabFitFun is a great gift to get for yourself and it makes great gifts for loved ones. I have loved getting my FabFitFun boxes. I seriously get them and I open them up and I feel like it is Christmas morning just for me four times a year. Some of my favorite products that I have received recently were the Cobra Bluetooth wireless earbuds. That was worth a whole box. I also loved my Somatology Yoga Detox Bath recently. I'm a bath taker at night. I love to read in the bath. And so I love when I get full-size bath products. We recently received an Alfred teapot in our box. And believe it or not, the Ivy Kids love to drink tea. We've had the Grown Alchemist Hydra Repair Day Cream, or sometimes you can get the Grown Alchemist Polishing Facial Exfoliant. Let me tell you guys, there were so many good products in every single box. Sometimes I have to fight off my daughter's story because she wants all the lipsticks. In fact, she just stole some of my lipsticks from my last Fabric Fun Box because girlfriend loves some lipstick. Guys, right now you can sign up for FabFitFun today. FabFitFun boxes are amazing and they always sell out. Use my code IVY, that's my last name, I-V-E-Y, to get $10 off your first box. So go sign up for your first box. You're going to get $10 off just by using the code IVY. It's worth trying out, you guys. Sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Reminder, use promo code IVY, get $10 off your first box. Basically, you're going to get over $200 worth of products for only $39.99. Treat yourself, girls. Go to FabFitFun.com. Use my code Ivy. Get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Okay, back to the rest of my conversation with life. Now, how do you feel with, let's talk about this, with, you know, you can do anything in a dress, all the thing. How do you put this dress member movement together and all the Me Too stuff and everything that's going on with there, feminism, all that. Where, what does your conversation look like around that? Yeah, so I definitely see Dress Ember's place in the Me Too movement. As someone who experienced sexual abuse at a young age myself, um, it was something that really propelled me and and stirred my heart to care about the issue of mm-hmm. of sex trafficking and human trafficking. And and not that you have to experience it to care about it, but just on maybe on another level or I don't know, to to a degree that I'm like, you know, this urgency and this passion, the fire to do something about it. And I really, when when we talk about consent, I think there is this like spectrum of consent where on like the most horrifying extreme end is trafficking. Mm-hmm, it's right. like absolutely non-consensual no consent, right. 
for the profit of mm-hmm. someone else. Right. And that is horrifying. And it's, and it's an industry mm-hmm. and multiple people mm-hmm. are profiting yes. in different ways mm-hmm. at different levels. And when I realized that my experience is what propelled me into this work, mm-hmm. it also gave me this courage to talk about it mm-hmm. because... To talk about your experience. To talk pain, about my yeah. abuse. Yeah. So I was at a point, um, you know, I, so I was molested when I was four um, and realized or had language for it when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. And so for my entire like teenage years, just um, wrestled with shame and guilt and um, really gnarly self-image, self-worth, really didn't value myself, really just saw myself as um, dirty, already thrown away. So I I love therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still yes. regularly go to therapy, yes. huge therapy advocate. And I started regular therapy probably around 19 or 20, um, around the time that I was learning about human trafficking and realizing like, oh, that's totally wrong. So is what happened to me. And people need to talk about Mm. this. Like if we talk about speaking up for people who aren't able to speak up, um, I think something about that also compels us to speak up for ourselves Mm -hmm. in a really beautiful way. I like that though. You said that when you are learning to speak up for someone else, you are learning that there's also power in speaking up for yourself. And so do you see like people getting on board with Dressember that we're going to speak up for the people who have no voice and then realizing I can speak up for myself as well? Yeah. Yeah. We see that a lot. And people write in and when we ask people like, hey, will you share with us why you're doing Dressember? We get a, a number of people who have experienced abuse And so identify with it in a very personal way, or they are close with someone who's experienced abuse and so want to come around them in that way. And I think what Me Too is all about is like speaking up for ourselves and coming around each other and saying like, that's not right. Like what happened to you? What happened to me? It's not right. It's evil. And we believe you. So I see it as very connected. I think, you know, some of the, some of the hard, like early criticism of Dressember had to do with like the idea of Dressember being like anti-feminist that like, oh, you're telling, you know, you're perpetuating these gender binaries where Mm -hmm. like women need to dress like this and men need to dress like this. And um, that was hard. because I was like, no, this is supposed to be fun. And and it's supposed to be for a good cause. And it's like, we get a lot of people who participate who hate wearing dresses and dresses, like, you know, people write in, they're like, I, um, dresses are a symbol of oppression to me because I was forced to wear a dress during my childhood. I haven't worn a dress in 15 years, but I hate this issue. Mm -hmm. I hate that trafficking is happening more than I hate wearing dresses. And so I'm going to do this. Wow. And it's, That's a big step and, for them. It sounds and like. they like reclaim the uh-huh. dress. It's like the, the dress is just a piece of clothing, right. but it's so charged for people yeah. in different ways. Yeah. And so it's really, I mean, in the same way that when you shine a light on a source of shame, mm-hmm. it loses power yep. over you. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about stepping into a dress or, or anything that might be charged for you that is actually a very neutral, yeah. like objectively neutral thing that yeah. you can actually discharge or dismantle yeah. that, that power yeah. that it has over you. Yeah. And so there's this, I think like different levels of freedom that people can experience through it. And then people also write in, they're like, I love, I love wearing dresses. I wear dresses all the time. And I participated in, in dress number like primarily because I thought it would be fun and like, oh, also it's a great cause. And then something about putting on a dress every day as like this uniform and knowing that thousands of other people are also doing it and knowing that like, oh, like, okay, I don't feel like wearing a dress today, but I'm doing this for women and girls who don't have the choice of what they want to wear, do, eat, go, et cetera. And so something about that ritual and routine and engaging in it in that way, people write in, they're like, I don't get it. But because of, because of participating in dress, like something about dress and has changed me and I can't put words to it, but I'll never be the same. 
That's super humbling that you started that. It's, I just, and this isn't me being humble, but I just feel like, like how, how do, how did I get to do this? You know, like how. Like thankful, like God chose me for this work. I'm just like in awe. Like, yeah, I, if, you know, if I'm honest, like I was trying to create a way for me to engage in this issue. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that thousands upon thousands of other people feel the same way. And they are now engaging through December. Okay. So it's November right now. You already opened registration in October, but it's not too late. So if someone's listening and they think, okay, I want to do this. Are there different ways to be involved? Fill us in on what people can do if they're listening. Yeah, there are different ways. So we always encourage people to to take the leap and participate in the style challenge. Um, you can decide to wear either a dress or a tie every day during December. And y'all track, y'all all have Instagram. Like this is, people post their things. Yeah, we have, so we use the hashtag Dress Ember. We are on Dress Ember and posting resources and survivor stories. Um, you can create your free campaign page on dressember.org. Definitely do that because then you'll be on, um, you'll get our emails with um, campaign updates and events and um, resources. We send survivor stories. We have guides for teams and fundraising tips because if you're like me, fundraising does not come easily. No, yeah. Um, So there's a, a number of resources that we send out. So that's like our main bread and butter is the campaign. Gotcha. And then we also have a dress collection every year. This is our fourth dress collection and it's our biggest. That was a brilliant idea, by the way. Thanks. Well, it really, um, it really was born out of, I guess... One thing we do at Dress Ember was like, it's a fashion driven yeah. organization. For sure. And so not many people realize that labor trafficking uh-huh. and the apparel industry overlap so much. Yep. And so we consider it our job, like as much as we give people resources and a language about human trafficking, we also want to educate them on how your purchasing decisions potentially inadvertently fuel this industry. The, the tra- yeah. Uh-huh. So we partner with ethical brands. We point people towards brands that they can feel good about buying from. And then we also decided to start producing dresses as like, I love it. you don't have to buy a December dress to participate uh-huh. in December, but here's an ethical option that you can feel good about. And they're actually handmade by overcomers of trafficking in Nepal. So there's that beautiful storyline. And, um, who did you partner with this year? I just saw it recently. I was trying to look on here. Yeah. The people so, that designed your dresses. Is that, don't y'all partner with people to design the dresses? Yeah, we had, so last year was the first year that I brought in guest designers. Okay. That's what really, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I can't find it. It was, I saw it. Keep going. Yeah, that's all right. We, so this year we have eight styles designed by eight different women. And so there's one designed by me. There's one designed by Caitlin Crosby of The Giving uh-huh. Keys. There's one designed by celebrity stylist Penny Lovell. There's one designed by actress Jennifer Morrison okay. from the show Once Once Upon a Time. Okay. Um, one's designed by actress Laura Spencer from Big Bang Theory. One is designed by a survivor of trafficking. Okay. Um, we did an advocate design challenge. So, so that was one of them. And then one was designed by a swimwear designer, former Power Ranger, Jessica oh, I, Ray. I have a Jessica Ray swimsuit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, great. Former pink, was she the pink Power Ranger? I think so. Or the maybe the white Ranger. White? I don't even know. Yeah. She has great swimsuits. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I like their company. We love her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can buy a dress that are made by survivors in Nepal. You could, you'll always take people's money. You can give money because you need $3 million in December. Or you can lead up a challenge. Well, yeah. you don't have to lead up a challenge. You just join, right? Just join in. It is really fun to be part of a team. Okay, yeah, that would be so fun. So you can create a team or join a team that already exists. I love seeing when people get like some friendly competition with it. And they yeah. might like, you know, within an office, like one department challenges another or like guys against girls. I don't know. Just seeing what people come up with. That is so great. Wow. Okay. Super fun. I can't wait. We're going to have to have, um, I'm going to have to call you and record it and get an update at the end of January. Is that when you know your final number or do you know it in December? Well, January, because you go through through January, right? Yeah. So we would know it 
February 1st, I guess. Okay. Or like midnight on January 31st, if you want to call me. We're going to have to call you to find out what you raised because I am so excited. Okay. So you started out and you partnered with IJM and you and I both love IJM. Have you added partners that you partner with throughout the years? Yeah. So as we have grown, we've added new partners. So in 2015, we added A21, mm-hmm. another awesome Great. anti-trafficking uh-huh. organization. Yep. And then we added in 2016, our first domestic partner, um, McMahon Ryan Child Advocacy Center. They okay. are in Syracuse, New York. Okay. Um, and so we were sort of beta testing like, hey, what if we give like for, for us, like a, very, a small grant and see see what kind of impact we can have yeah. through that. And And that really got us fired up. And so this year we're announcing nine new partners all across the U.S. And our goal is to kind of target every region. Wow. Have you announced them yet? Yes, we have. Okay. What are the nine new partners? Okay. So they're all across the U.S. We have businesses ending slavery and trafficking or best in Washington, but they also, they they train hotels across the U.S. Oh, so good. Yes. Trafficking. Yes. Um, And then in the Bay Area is Thorn. They're doing amazing stuff with technology and partnering with law enforcement to use technology to track traffickers and children being trafficked. And then in the LA area, we have CAST, which is the Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking and also Saving Innocence. Okay. And then in Milwaukee, there's an organization called Pathfinders, which does a lot of outreach and support for at-risk youth, LGBTQ, highly vulnerable population to trafficking within the U.S. Mm -hmm. Moving over to the East Coast, we have Love 146, which has an awesome curriculum uh, for high schoolers and at-risk youth. I think they also have a presence in Texas. I think I've heard of them before. Yeah, they're great. Okay. They've been around for a bit as well. Um, Restore NYC. They're in New York City. City, And they're awesome. And then in Atlanta, an organization called Youth Spark. And then back to the West Coast or sort of the Western half of the U.S., an organization called Olive Crest that is one of the country's leading foster care advocacy okay. organizations. Um, so not many people realize the the pipeline between foster care and trafficking in the U.S., but it is staggering when you, when you hear about it. Like one in three foster care runaways are recruited by a trafficker within 48 hours. Traffickers prey on foster care kids because... They are super vulnerable. Yep. They are craving belonging and will accept even a warped sense of love and consistency. And so a trafficker will give them attention, kind of play the role of pseudo boyfriend father. And, and traffickers just hang out at juvenile delinquent centers, group homes, you Less know, stops. homeless youth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's really shocking that overlap. So yeah. it's just kind of up it's up a natural, the stream yep, trying totally. to on the prevention side where I love that so yeah. much. We talk about that in our local church with foster care about you just don't know what you could be helping to prevent mm-hmm. by providing a safe environment for a kid. Um, you know, I told you I volunteered our jail and we do a lesson on sex trafficking and it is always crazy how many women, they're all women, they're all over 18, how many women in there self-identify in that class and they never knew that they were trafficked. Yeah. You know, it's just, they didn't have language for it, yeah. you know, and they didn't, they knew that what was happening might've been a little wrong, but it just felt so norm, felt normal to them. And so I love when you talk about these different organizations, educating hotels or the foster care, because I feel like this problem is so, it's almost blurry where until you know it, you don't see it and you don't mm-hmm. understand it. And so- and victims don't either. That's exactly like, right. Know, yeah, they live in the same yep. culture that we do. And so when we have this picture of a victim as someone who's chained to a bed somewhere, locked in a room or a closet or, you know, not free to come and go, um, that's what they associate with yep. with trafficking as well. Yep. And in the U.S., it's just a lot more manipulative and coercive. Totally. And it, it's there's a lot of mental and emotional chains yeah. where, like you said, a lot of women will identify as victims of domestic violence before they identify as, identify as a trafficking yeah, victim. I know. It's crazy. I always, when I give the lesson at the jail, um, it can be it can be super easy for someone to hear stories of women who are trafficked um, and for someone 
someone else to think, well, they're dumb. They should have left. They're not strong women. That would never happen to me. Mm. And I think it's really easy for women to think that. And I always tell the ladies in there that we're not going to do that because we are women who believe each other. We are women who trust each other. Mm. We are women who, who don't say that could never happen to me because you don't know the situation they've been in. You know, when you're talking about foster care, you don't know if you've never been in that situation where you don't know what it feels like to be loved. And then someone loves you, like you said, it's warped, but it feels good. Yeah. And so if anyone's listening, here's my kind warning. Don't ever think these women, they just need to get up and leave. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. I wish it did. I know. Then we wouldn't need all this. Or you could just say it once and it would stick. Exactly. Like it is, it's a long process. It's a long journey to recover from, I think to identify and then to process and recover from the trauma and also to decide like, to decide and believe like, oh, I deserve better than this. Like, or like there could be better for Mm -hmm. me out there. Because I think a lot of it is like the known evil versus the unknown anything, you know? I think that's human nature Mm -hmm. too. Or this is just my lot in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so deep. We could talk for hours because there's so many more layers. Like you bring in poverty. Yeah. It's just, it's a whole nother conversation when you bring poverty in, you know, about- you, there, there's, you don't just pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you know? Yeah. So we need great organizations that are helping people. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Thanks for having me. I'm this so is... like, how old are you? Can I ask you? I'm, I just turned 33. Okay. I knew you were a baby. So <laughs> what I'm about to say is as like an older woman, I'm so very proud of you. Like, Aww. I just feel so immensely proud for the work that you're doing. So thanks, Jamie. Yeah. I'm just, I'm like, Thanks for calling me a baby. (laughs) Well, I just turned 40. So I feel like anyone that's 39 and under, I'm like, I'm your elder. You will listen to me. Uh, No, but I'm, I'm, whenever I see people just do big things and jump out and do scary things, I really do feel this immense sense of proud, Mm -hmm. pride when I look at women that are doing things. And so I really am. I'm proud of you. It's great. Love what you're doing. We're going to put every link up. Mm -hmm. It'll be on my social media, everything about how people can get involved. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, I always finish the show asking my guests, what are you loving and what are you reading? So mm-hmm. do you have anything you're loving? Like I've got to text my girlfriend about this bag, shoe, mascara, TV show. What are you loving? Um, I am loving, that's a good question. Always loving my dog. <laughs> Your sweet dog. Isn't um, it named Friday? Yes. She's so sweet. She's like more like a cat. Like she just like stares out the window all day. She sleeps like 16 hours a day. Oh, that's funny. She loses bone structure when she's <laughs> laying down. She's like a little puddle. Um, but yeah, loving. I mean, I just binge watched The Good Place mm-hmm. season two. I love Kristen Bell. So, was- you know, I love Kristen Bell too. And I have not seen that show. Oh, you've got I'm not a big TV it? watcher, oh. but it is like, I, I, I have in the back of my mind for next time I'm sick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one while you're sick. Yeah. 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 It's funny. So the good place. I love that necklace that you have on. You don't Thanks. have to say that. I am loving Noonday's fall <laughs> 2018 line. I don't have that necklace, but every time I see Jessica wear it or you right now, I think, oh my gosh, I could wear that. But when I see it, it goes not on everything. someone. Well, see, that's what I didn't know. You would think it doesn't. That's what it I think. Really yeah. does. It looks great. It, I love it with stripes. It looks really I good. I love it on a solid. Yeah. Okay. I just gave you your second thing you're loving. Sorry. Yeah. You can Wait, how many up. things do I have to do? Three. Can you come up Three with one things. more? I'm really loving... Raven and Lily's journals. Mm. I don't know if you've gotten your hands on one of their journals, but I have like come upon a few of them by free means Uh over the last year. 
Like one was in the they yellow have conference. This swag different bag. type of it's, paper. It yes. is. It's like recycled something. My husband's an artist, and so he found one, and uh-huh. we were like fighting over it. Yeah. He was like, "I want to draw on this," and I let him have one page. Yes. So I was like, "That's all you get," because it's, yeah. I love the way they feel, and if you get a really awesome pen and that awesome yes. paper, it's like butter. Yes. They're Raven so and Lily does such great. I love, I love everything they're doing as well. Yeah. Kirsten's been on the show. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Love her. Yeah, she's great. So. Love Raven Lily. Okay. Are you a reader? Yes. What are you reading? Um, I am almost done reading Half the Sky, which I is- I still have not. I think I own that book and haven't read it. I owned it for years. Okay. That gives me hope. finally read it. And it's so good. It's really, it's hard to get through. Yeah. It's a tough book, okay. but it is very comprehensive and really, really educational. Yeah. And pretty practical too. Like at the end, they're like, here are the things, here are the things that would revolutionize revolutionize the position of women internationally. And it has to do with education, shocking. Uh But then also um, iodized salt was one of them because that is proven to- In our diet? Increase- your IQ as an inf- as a okay. fetus in, in utero. Yes. Um, like five to 10 points and like wow. wh- what a big deal that is. So that was really And for third world countries or, you know, development, that would be huge. Yeah. And then the third thing was um, increased attention, like medical attention for fistula injuries. I don't know if that's the right way to fra- or phrase it, but th- that's like um, injuries in childbirth okay. or- um, I don't know how to say it without being super traumatic. Like it's you can, really heavy, but like there are a lot of war rapes that happen uh-huh. and often it will involve like after the rape, putting a stick or a gun inside the woman and damaging the uh-huh. uterus. Uh-huh. And so then that that damage that either happens through that or through childbirth. And there was a statistic that more women died, I think just in America. Uh, I'm going to get this so wrong, but there was some statistic about more women during World War One, more women died in childbirth than soldiers. Wow. Yeah, it's shocking. And okay. and that, like every minute, one woman in the world dies in childbirth. childbirth. And the implication was a lot of that is preventable. Yeah, I believe that. So that was a lot about half this guy. But yeah. It's Nicholas Kristoff and his wife. Heard phenomenal things about it. It's a couple of years old, right? Yeah. 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 Anything else you're reading? Um, I... In making my way through Bad Feminist, okay. Roxanne Gay. Uh-huh. And yeah, I love reading. I love listening to books. My husband and pretty much everyone in my life thinks I'm crazy because I listen at two times speed. Two is big. <laughs> I listen to podcasts at one and a half. Okay. You're Sometimes one of the first I people I've met two. who does that. It drives my husband crazy. Yeah. If he gets in the car and it's on, he's like, you have to stop it. I think it hurts his brain. Yeah. I th- like he just can't even handle it. I usually have to kind of build up to it yeah. within the first... Uh chapter or whatever, but I feel so efficient. Oh my gosh, look at how much we can listen to. Yeah. I I go through podcasts like that because- Oh, you do with podcasts too? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Podcasts for me are like leisure listening. Something about books is like, I'm learning, I'm Uh taking it in, I'm sponging. I have input on Mm. StrengthsFinder. So I'm just like taking it Uh all in. Um, But with podcasts- Podcasts for me, I was like, how fast can I get to the next one? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> dumb, dumb. Um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Thank of course. So really enjoyed it. Don't forget to sign up for Grove Collaborative at grove.co slash happy hour. And you're going to receive a $30 Mrs. Myers gift set for free with your order of $20 or more. Remember, it's an e-commerce company that makes it easy to discover the best natural products to take care of your home and family. And it makes sure that you don't ever run out of your favorites, which is my favorite thing about the products. I love their method laundry detergent. I love the Tom's toothpaste. I love the Mrs. Myers dishwashing soap. And I love that they deliver them to my door. That's grove.co slash happy hour. You guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Blythe today as much as I did. I had no idea how her organization had grown from a single just idea that she had to wear a dress every day in the month of December. I'm a big fan of her and all that she's doing. And I'm a really big fan of everything that IJM is doing to combat this atrocity of sex trafficking in the world. They fight all kinds of trafficking, human, drug, work trafficking. Guys, if you're looking for a book that can really help you wrap your head around trafficking in our world, in our country, in your state, in your city... 
Go get the book, Girls Like Us, Fighting for a World Where Girls Are Not for Sale by Rachel Lloyd. It was the book that opened my eyes up to what sex trafficking is in the world, but specifically in our country. Guys, the best thing that we can do is we can listen and we can learn and we can know that these things are actually happening and we cannot act like we don't know about it. So I hope that this conversation with Blythe today, I hope it was encouraging to you. I hope you learned something. I hope your eyes were open just a little bit. And I hope that there are some of you out there that are going to join her this December. Make your own team. You guys make a team and let me know. I want to hear what you're doing. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Tara Lee Cobble. And you might remember Tara Lee was my guest back in episode number 112, which feels like a thousand lifetimes ago. You guys, I promise you, you're going to want to listen to that show before next week's show. Tara Lee has been one of my most listened to guests ever on the happy hour. You'll know why when you listen. Go back and listen to the show this weekend and get ready for our fabulous conversation about what's been happening in her life in the past two years, what she has upcoming. We talk about Bible reading. We talk about what keeps us from getting in our word. And we talk about God's kindness and God's forgiveness in our life. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss these two shows. We also share about something that Tara Lee is launching the same day as our show next week. Super fun, you guys. All right, I will see you guys next week with my friend Tara Lee. Happy middle of November. My man's 40th birthday's in two days, and I'm so excited to celebrate him. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you guys right back here next week with Tara Lee Cobble. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. 